702. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. It is six minutes before seven o'clock. We do this every Wednesday, focusing on big stories from the continent. And today, Crystal Odison, good morning. Let's start uh, with, I suppose, I mean, a bit of a tick as far as South African diplomacy is concerned, right? Let's unpack last week's peace agreement reached between the warring parties in Ethiopia. It looks like now uh, there's some peace between the Ethiopian government and uh, the Tigray regional representatives. Yes, good morning, Bongani. Um, I do think that we should give credit to Pretoria. You know, there was a media blackout. We spoke about it, you know, for the past two weeks. Um, and finally, last Wednesday, they signed that, um, Thursday, actually, sorry, um, they signed on the dotted line. But that is simply the fanfare. It is now what happens in practicality. So from yesterday, representatives of the government, and Tigray, they have been meeting in Nairobi, Kenya, to actually discuss the implementation and the practicalities of the ceasefire. So immediately they want humanitarian access to ensure that there's simply food, medicines, the corridors are open so that people that have been cut off from the rest of the country have access to this humanitarian aid. So that's the first thing. So what we see now for the next few days, the officials, they are meeting in Kenya to look at the modalities, what happens. So for instance, they already announced late yesterday they've set up a hotline to address any flare-ups of infighting to coordinate if there's any disagreements or disengagement from both sides um, so that there's a full communication and that everyone is aware that there's a real commitment to stop the fighting. Um, the security advisors from both sides also said they really, you know, hopeful and they really want to ensure that the, um, the Nairobi meetings, which will take place over the next four days, will really expedite um, the humanitarian access, but also ensure safety and security and government indicated that they want to um, deliver on the promises. What they've also said, there's plans for an African Union-led panel of experts that will monitor, verify and compliance of the ceasefire because this is absolutely necessary. Um, so for instance, one issue um, that everybody says there's no clarity on, we have reported on the fact that Eritrean troops were helping the Ethiopian troops. Um, there's been no um, indication or even coming from the Eritreans, firstly around the peace deal, and also secondly, what is their role? Um, there's already talk that, you know, they need to withdraw from the country um, and they want some indication of what's happening with the Eri yeah. Eritrean yeah. troops. Um, and so all things lead to Bongani that one can say that there is a commitment from both sides to end this war. Um, economically, it's been a disaster for Ethiopia. I mean, this is a country that had double-digit growth. They now have to knock on international donors for assistance. Um, and so one Gosh. really sees there's a commitment um, from both sides um, to get a peace and to ensure that the country grows again. Well, talking, of course, about being broke, let's talk about Ghana, supposedly one of the leading economies in West Africa, right? Yet once again broke and knocking on the door of the IMF. Absolutely. This is a country who was the darling of the um, investment community, double-digit growth as well, a producer of gold and cocoa, and now they're asking for a $3 billion, rand, uh, sorry, $3 billion IMF bailout um, because they can't afford to pay the bills. And so this is quite... Not shocking, but not surprising because one, all countries are 
in Africa are struggling post-COVID. Um, the Ukrainian war also impacted on supplies of grain, supplies of food, um, the price of oil have all impacted. So what we saw governments try to do is they, for instance, implemented, you know, a new electronic transaction, e-levi, um, which is about 1.5% tax on all electronic transfers. They were hoping this would, you know, mean some money um, to the fiscus. It didn't do it. There's also um, been, in Ghana's case in particular, they've expanded um, the number of ministries. So can you imagine from, um, you know, more than 120 ministers, Jeepers. you know, thousands of, yes, thousands of people working for the presidency. So it also meant that, you know, the government of Nana Akufo Ado also just went on an absolute spending spree. Um, we're talking, you know, inflation rose to 80, 37 percent. Petrol price jumped to over 80 percent. Um, you know, government went on a dollar buying spree. Anyhow, all of these things went wrong, Bungani, and now wow. they have to knock on the door. And this is really ultimately, it is the people that are going to pay back yeah. this loan. And I thought in the context of, you know, Sunday, we had this big announcement that, you know, we also getting money from the World Bank. Getting money is easy, Mongani. It's paying it back that's wow. the problem. And we <laughs> are the we ones paying it back. Don't we all know that, Crystal Orderson? My goodness, 120 ministers. Just think about that. A hundred. Wow. Right? Wow. So if you think you've got problems as a South African living in South Africa, maybe that story should wake you up just a little bit and give you some perspective.